1: well hello oh no welcome to this week's episode (laughs) of relevant recovery radio we're your hosts heather and donnie
0: yeah i'm here
1: and uh i'm I'm ready for a
0: show let's do this
1: donnie's gonna be a little bit extra uh on this episode which is not at all different to all the other ones (laughs) that you've listened to um but we are so grateful that you are tuning in and listening with us today on this Radio show or podcast, or however you are listening to our voices. Uh, this show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We're a 501c3 nonprofit aimed at educating and providing support and services to uh, people with substance use disorder or misuse disorder. Or abuse. Um, <laughs> and their loved ones.
0: If and- you'd like, if you have an unloved one, just drop them <laughs> off at the doorstep.
1: He's going to be full of jokes today because of the cold brew he's drank, but...
0: Well, Deb huh, likes it when I call it I'm, my cocaine cold brew. Nobody else
1: does. I've heard lots of complaints about it, and you'd think you're funny, but I really don't like it. I you. love it. Anyways, um, I need to say... So the show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We used to have a detox. Uh, we closed it down a few months back. We are actively searching for a new location that's the right location for our program and our values uh, to reopen the detox. And so we're in the process of that. But right now we still have a fully popping outpatient clinic where we offer peer support services, recovery coaching, forest therapy, Christian counseling, and microcurrent neurofeedback. Did you say popping? So, popping. Poppin'.
0: You just showed our age. You got to say it's like lit. We have a lit program. Uh, it's lit. Okay.
1: But not like lit like, like I was on cocaine, <laughs> but like just like really great. So, anyways. Point being is, we accept uh, self-pay clients, and some services can be free, um, or at least on a sliding scale. So if you or a loved one would like any information about our services, you can give us a call at 844-263-4673. Or you can visit our websites, matthewshope.org or mhdrp.org, maherpaderp.org.
0: We uh, really do appreciate you listening to in today. If you're listening on Sunday at one p.m. on KPRC 950, we appreciate that. At the end of the day, we do upload this to all plat- platforms for the, our podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Platforms for our podcast, so we are on iHeart, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, you name it, we're there.
1: Podbean, Google, Alexa, all of them.
0: And don't forget that we do have Relevant Recovery Radio on Facebook, and we are also on the Insta on Relevant Recovery Podcast.
1: Yeah, so on Facebook, it's called Relevant Recovery Radio. And on the podcast, um, on the Instagram, Donnie took it over, and he renamed it Relevant Recovery Podcast. So that's how you'll find us there. And and there's
0: been a lot of movement on there. I don't know if you noticed, but whoever's running that show now is doing an amazing job. I
1: like that you're on your phone just as much as I am now. I hate it. I
0: hate myself. It's now unmanageable.
1: (laughs) We're going to talk about that today. But first, I also want to give our two email addresses. So if someone, maybe you don't want to call, maybe whatever, and you would rather email Matthew's Hope or Relevant Recovery uh, the email addresses you could use for Matthews Hope is wellness at MatthewsHope dot org. Or what is our Gmail for relevant, honey?
0: RelevantR3 at gmail.com.
1: RelevantR3 the Number three, right? Don't mm-hmm. spell it out. Correct. Uh, number three at gmail.com. Okay. And
0: what it, my, my brain thought around that was relevant recovery radio is R three times. So relevant R three. Okay. That's how, that's how they're going to remember and it. And
1: so maybe you ha- just have questions about addiction or recovery or even just resources in your area. You do not have to go through a paid program. If you want to email me and tell me your questions and what sort of help you're looking for, I can give you recommendations.
0: Also, every week...
1: Every on week.
0: every week on friday heather goes what's our topic <laughs> and we literally like on the spot now sometimes we're ready to go we we have topics lined up like our you know first of the year first step type thing but if you have suggestions honestly if there's something you want us to talk about relevant to recovery of any kind of an addiction mm-hmm. please do ping us reach out you can get us on facebook or instagram or the let email. us know like we'll mm-hmm. do it we'll we'll cover a topic that interests you
1: yeah we will cover any topic that has to do with recovery um we do not pretend to be the experts on any said topic but we have a lot of experience with different issues we and really do so i've I, had them all you have you still do you Wait, have them what all. <laughs> i was I your hate you. i was just your bottom of the barrel homeless heroin addict you know but God but did something cool with my somehow
0: life. I still married up.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I do want to report that my hair is not flat today.
0: Yeah, this yeah. is great. You're not part of the flat hair universe. Yeah,
1: um, uh, the full hair. God bless me today, and it's bouncy and full, and so I'm really excited about that.
0: At some point, I'll probably take like a little video to show people like uh, that your hair is norm today.
1: Okay, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, how's your week? What's going on with you?
1: Um, you know. I don't know. Life.
0: I struggle with routine. Um, <clears throat> I had a like a thing I no, wanted. No, you to-
1: don't. You routinely do things late and after hours. <laughs> that's your routine. You stick to it like clockwork.
0: <laughs> what I really want to do is like go lay down <laughs> huh? in bed early, read a book, and fall asleep early. But that's just not what I do.
1: And that's not ever what you do.
0: So I've been kind of tired this week.
1: I think I was in bed. Oh, I was still awake when you got home, but I was almost out.
0: I yeah. went to sleep you, you went to sleep immediately when I got home last I've night. I've been
1: sleeping good. No nightmares, not stuck in my sleep bodies anymore. Um, life's it's good. It's not
0: a word or a description. It's sleep paralysis. Yeah, that. Lord help me. Um, <laughs> anything big in your world?
1: No, just you.
0: Yeah, whoa. Yeah. Hey, is that a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> or just, I'm just hard to handle.
1: Just you, and you know, you're big in my world. um Um, one thing that's big in our world i don't know how much we want to talk about it's not interesting but we're fixing to do all kinds of demo on our home
0: i'm excited slash frightened you've
1: hired me as to to take the lead on as the gc and i'm managing all the the contractors and there's a few of them and i have a whole little team and we're fixing to replace all sorts of old wood outside and a whole new back patio and pool and here's
0: the challenge for this because i honestly said I I was kind of. I started out kind of running the show. I talked to and I blah blah blah. But quickly into this, I realized that everything we've had done at our house, I've missed stuff. I'm not detailed. I'm not good at it. And so one day, guess who's
1: detailed?
0: Well, one day you were saying something, and I was like, you know what? You run the show, and you looked at me like I was being offensive, and I was like, no, no, seriously, like this. is your strong point.
1: Yep, I'll take you run I'll take so, control. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So, hey, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Donnie and his sidekick Heather on the Relevant Recovery Radio <laughs> show. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio, recording here in the H-Town, Houston, Texas. On a Friday afternoon, you're listening on a Sunday or thereafter. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, as we were saying, the issue that we're going to deal with through this and what popped up on Friday was that I'm going to have questions and I may have suggestions, Mm. but one of the issues is is that I gave you the control and you are controlling. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I did that, when I had some questions or when I had some suggestions, you were very and I don't know if something else was going on with you, but you were snippy. And I took it as a as a great disrespect. And I I yelled at you for the first time in like a year. Because I was so angry about it. But like, like, why are you disrespecting me? I'm just I am letting you do this. In fact, when we leave here today, we're gonna go to the pool store and we're gonna pick out the new whatever and do whatever. But and 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 Heather's like, hey, you know, I want you, this is what I like, but I'll let you. And I said, no, this decision is yours. I am letting you make all the decisions. I'm going to be happy with this no matter what, but I may have some words about it, but ultimately. That's the
1: problem right there. Stop (laughs) your separate. That's, that's what, now we've identified the source of the issue. Is
0: it the source?
1: (laughs) And so I may have a few character defects that are slightly unmanageable and it, tends to fall on the controlling rigid side. We're gonna to get to the unmanageable I mean, because I that's today's few, topic.
0: A few means three. But and wanna, we're like three times out. nine here.
1: Right. And it may be it may be unmanageable. What I project is that it's going to become more and more unmanageable as the months go on until the project is done. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I will do my best to to ask god to help me you know but i'm going to take the reins and you just you know when you have stuff done you got to be on top of people and look at stuff and watch what they're doing because we don't know what questions to ask and those were the mistakes we learned from previous yeah. things we've done and uh and so
0: quite thankfully in this project um our friend tanya what is her what's her company name um look it up while i'm talking about her <clears throat> so our friend tanya is an interior designer yes and Without a question, Heather goes, Can you please help me? She's like, Yes. Right. So she's been present talking to contractors. She's helping us pick colors. Like she's all over this thing. What's her company?
1: Uh, tanyainteriordesign.com. So you Tanya Interior Design.com. Tanya
0: Interior Design.com. But her Tanya
1: spelled weird. It's T A. Oh, it's T A Interior Design. Sorry, I was reading it wrong. T A I N T E R I O R Design.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's and so anyway, she's helping us and she's a great help because you and I have no vision of what something could look like in the future and she's no, good she's at that. Great so at it. without her, I don't know that we could do this.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm so grateful that she's pulled in. But anyways, I I want to, because these are her gifts and talents, right? And I can say, hey, let's be here. Let's do this. Here's the schedule of it. But I don't have the vision for colors and schemes. Or gifts or talents. Yeah. So anyways, so I'm very grateful for everybody's experience and talents and expertise to pull together and help us. But the topic today is unmanageability
0: so we began this month talking about step one. step one and we gave an overview of the two parts of step one step one being the first part allergy and insanity the second part being unmanageability. last week we talked a little more in depth about around the insanity this week we thought about it. it's like let's go a little more into unmanageability because unmanageability is not discussed a lot in the rooms it's not discussed and i think it's a lot forgotten and a it's lot. not
1: in my opinion, discussed properly. Um, but oh, here we go.
0: <laughs> but here we go. it's
1: really... Uh, okay. The
0: world according to Heather. So if we
1: look at step one, um, it's asking, do I admit powerlessness and do I admit unmanageability? Two different yeah. things.
0: And, and the reason... That our pool or our, our, our redesign falls into this is because of what happened last Friday when you made me react the way I did.
1: <laughs> First of all, I can't make you do anything. Falls
0: under both of our unmanageabilities <laughs> but in just, sobriety.
1: So here's the thing about, un, so here's the way I was taught to look at these two ideas powerlessness versus unmanageability. I was taught by women before me Mm -hmm. um, that powerlessness has to do with my relationship with alcohol, which is the allergy and the insanity that we spent the last two episodes on. All right. But I was taught separately than that, my unmanageability is about my relationship with myself and the world around me, even without alcohol.
0: And so this is prior to sobriety and in sobriety, current, past, future. Your life can be
1: unmanageable with or without drinks or drugs. You can be in active addiction. You can be completely sober and still be unmanageable. That This is the idea. But however, I want to dissect in the 12-step world, there's really two different major ways to look at unmanageability. So there's a large group of people in the 12-step world who say that unmanageability has to do with my inability to manage the decision around the first drink. Okay. So there's there's I'm telling you there's a lot of people in the 12 step world that think unmanageability is only attached to drink one. When we read the literature, the idea supports that. Yes, I can't manage the decision to not drink. However, we call that insanity and no choice. That goes back to powerlessness, mm. not unmanageability. If you did not have that symptom, then you do have the power of choice. Therefore, you're not powerless. Okay. And so I think that our literature actually supports the other way to look at unmanageability. That statement's true. I suck at managing the decision to not drink, right? That's unmanageable for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to isolate I suck later. So <laughs> Drugs
1: and alcohol are unmanageable for me, but...
0: Okay, so now give me the definition of unmanageability as we see so it. So
1: I was taught to look at unmanageability in sobriety. And so you can kind of correlate two completely different words to the same idea. Unmanageability is the way spiritual malady manifests itself. All right. So the literature also calls this bedevilments, Mm. which means um, I'm having trouble with personal relationships. Uh, Maybe I'm not keeping a job or showing up with good work ethic at work. Mm -hmm. Maybe I I love this one. I'm the inability to control your emotions. And they word it differently in the literature. But really, if you are dominated by your emotions, Mm -hmm. you're spiritually unfit.
0: And you're maladacious. And <laughs> you're
1: maladacious. And I bet there's a whole lot of unmanageability in your life. And this is one of the ways it manifests. And so I think that the literature supports that unmanageability is Sober because on the top of page 51, it says, leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. Then they give us the bedevilments on page 52.
0: And then on, <clears throat> on page 64, they tell us that drinking was but a just symptom. Just a symptom,
1: and uh, that selfishness and self centeredness is actually the root cause. And we got to get trouble.
0: down to the root cause of our issue. Causes and
1: conditions, meaning character defects. Yeah. That's another topic for another day. That'll but. take a whole
0: show to go through yours. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to yeah, tell you.
1: Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but so I got to look at all the ways my self centered manifests, right? And this is through my unmanageability. Here's a few things that I learned about myself through looking at spiritual growth through that lens, that unmanageability is even when sober. Um, sometimes I really struggle, especially in the past with housework. And I'm speaking to lots of people in the audience right now. Listen to me, people. You know, you got the that chair in your bedroom that has three feet tall of clothes stacked on it. that you I put ha- them on the dresser. <laughs> wherever you put it. Why aren't you hanging it up? I'm talking to the woman or man that leaves clothes in the dryer dry for four days and has to rewash them because they're too wrinkled now.
0: What about the dishes on the dishes
1: sink? Dishes in the so what? What is the last time you deep cleaned your bathroom or washed your baseboards or how much? How many inches of dust is on the top of your ceiling fan panels? This
0: so what does this have to do with unmanageability and like?
1: So housework can mm-hmm. be a thing that I suck at managing. Mm. It feels overwhelming. I don't know a good routine. I'm not disciplined enough to stay on top of it or ask for the right kind of help. There's lots of different ways, but that's a general one for like housework. Another one that I've noticed in myself and a lot of women I've sponsored is uh, a lack of energy or motivation for day-to-day life can be correlated to unmanageability and or spiritual malady.
0: When do you think you'll begin working on that? (laughs)
1: um when god makes me
0: okay yeah yeah
1: (laughs) and so i i want to just premise the rest of this show by saying that's the sort of unmanageability we are talking about so we're
0: talking about emotional sobriety yes not not freedom from alcohol because we already have that i
1: already have that
0: we need emotional sobriety we need to stop allowing others and situations to dominate Mm -hmm. our emotions
1: yeah if i am if my emotions are dominated by situations or externals then i'm already on the wrong track um I'm going to blame other people <laughs> for yeah. a lot of issues in my life instead of taking a look at myself. And so I like to look at unmanageability from that angle. I think our literature really supports it, and I think that's the side that most people don't talk about in the rooms. Most people only talk about it from the inability to manage the decision around the first drink, which that statement's true. Give me some y-
0: give me some uh, some other unmanageabilities internal external before we go to break
1: some external unmanageabilities might be your debt or your Mm -hmm. finances some ex maybe you're homeless uh maybe your kids don't want to talk to you but internal is anxiety and depression and laziness um uh, maybe you're depressed and and you don't think anybody likes you there's all sorts of ways to look at unmanageability
0: don't go anywhere we'll be right back in a moment with relevant recovery radio Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. My voice is unmanageable. Please Welcome do back that. to Relevant Recovery Radio with your host Heather and Donnie.
1: So when I sit down with a girl to start talking about this topic, um, it's a conversation. Sometimes people have never looked at themselves in the way that they live their life in this way. Um, and so maybe the way that I tend to word it could be harsh because it's the way my sponsor worded it to me and i heard it that way you guys use
0: the word the b word a lot huh? Uh,
1: well that but i won't say that but no she would say like what aspects of you of your life do you suck at managing
0: and and so i think and, the big if you don't mind me inserting here i think what I, when i've encountered when i talk to people about this when i talk they to think men they don't have any <laughs> right they think all of the unmanageability was prior to stopping drinking it's like no 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 no, no. When you and I first went through the step two bullet points and you showed me how to do that, Mm -hmm. some of the unmanageabilities on my list are anger, Mm -hmm. right? I get get overwhelmingly angry when I feel disrespected or when- Road rage. Road rage
1: is one of yours.
0: Food. Food is one of yours. Uh, Spending
1: I, money can be one of yours. Back
0: then, porn was one of them. Yeah. Um, work,
1: workaholics, That that's one. People that work way too much and don't... Gym oh, rats. Oh, gym rats. Gym can be unmanageable. So there's lots of... Motherhood was on mine. Yeah. Like, I love my kids, but I really do suck at being a mom. There's lots of ways God could help me. I think me. you
0: beat yourself up. I'm going to be kind just this what? one time yeah. during the show, but you're actually a really great mother. I'm You've just really saying, learned a lot. You're... You... You care for... I learn from you. I I treat my daughter better watching you with Hannah Mm -hmm. and Eli. Well, thank you. I'm just saying... That'll be the only one. That's that's the only only compliment. compliment Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying... Let's talk about current, though, because we're already in this third segment. And so instead of like pitching a lot of things to our audience that I used to let's struggle walk through with, some real stuff. I want to give some real current unmanageability of mine. Yeah, let's get, let's
0: get vulnerable. Let's And uh, you can
1: make fun of me as much as you yeah, want on this your, segment yes, only. Put
0: them out there. Let's go. <laughs> it's going to take an hour, so let's get them all so out there. So some
1: things I suck at managing, but I could desperately use God's help to be better at is my rigidity, my controlling nature, my Google calendar, Bro, it, it drives me crazy. It drives
0: everybody crazy. And
1: so it's like it's unmanageable. Here's why it's unmanageable in the, in the actual sense. Um, someone asked me to attend something on a Tuesday night, and my immediate response was, Nope, I got something else on Tuesday night. Yeah. And then later, I taught. I was trying to figure out a different day to do it, and it was going to be really inconvenient, but I could make it work. But then you were like Heather, you can actually skip that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I here's
0: what happens. Uh just and, let's talk about the calendar. I want to see it give it to you from my view. Once you enter an appointment on your calendar, it's as if the hand of God <laughs> etched it came on. down and etched it into stone <laughs> on the top of Mount Sinai. And it is now a commandment and must happen exactly that way without any change
1: yeah so it's definitely my defective character that looks at it that way Mm -hmm. and because i am so rigid i can't bend i can't compromise i gotta stick to this otherwise in my mind i'm flaky otherwise Mm. in my mind you can't trust me and i'm irresponsible and you can't depend on me
0: do you think it's like
1: well pendulum swings from one side to the other
0: i think it's the the idea of integrity just kind of blown out right Yeah. right so when we got sober we were taught you are now going to act with integrity you're going to do what you say when you say you're going to do mm-hmm. it period and so what we've done is we've set the bar so high that we actually cause ourselves issues
1: I, I, it's unmanageable because i'm trying to make myself live to a perfect standard and not be uh flexible with, yeah. with schedule you know and uh, and so you know you pointed that out in me but i that's so, so that's something that's unmanageable for me is my rigidity my controlling nature with my google calendar for sure, could write Step 2 bullet points on that. We'll talk about that another day. Next month, we will. Yeah. Um. But the other another thing I would say for sure is nicotine or vaping, right? And so, real quickly, since we're harping on me, um, our audience may not know that I smoked cigarettes for like 22 years. I wish
0: you did again, um, not because of the lung cancer you'll get, <laughs> but because you don't mind me smoking cigars when you're smoking so Marlboro back, Reds. back
1: when I was smoking cigarettes, your cigars and your cigar breath did not bother me at all. But um, today? Oh, but today. I hate it. So... But here's why it's unmanageable for me. This is something that not only am I powerless over, but it's unmanageable in the sense that I don't have any freedom around it and I need God's help. And it kind of correlates to drug addiction in that way. But Touch mm. that
0: real quick. Mm. When we say unmanageability, what does that mean?
1: I don't know what answer you're fishing for right now. You have something in your head. Reliance. Right, right, right. So,
0: that w- it's something that... We've gone through life spinning our wheels, thinking we can change, thinking we can improve. I'm just sure I can do it, even though our history and our past and our experience shows that we fail every time.
1: People don't see that they fail every time. They may get their way. You always explain that wrong in my book. And you always explain that wrong in my book because people may think they manage just fine and and achieve that because I can tell you I wanted to marry that guy, I made it happen. I wanted to have kids, I made that happen. I wanted to buy that house, I made that happen.
0: Show note, Donnie is never wrong. Go ahead. So so
1: what I'm saying is self-reliance does always fail, but you got to look at it. What spiritual price are you paying for getting your way?
0: Elaborate because I love it. I love where you're going with this.
1: I may get what I want. I may manipulate at work and get the promotion. I may, whatever. I may I may
0: go to the gym and get the body I want, but what what have I... What spiritual
1: price are you going to pay as a result of getting what you want in self-reliance? Bam. I'm glad it's all about you, right? I
0: explained that wrong just so you would explain it right.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, anyways, uh, it doesn't mean you always fail at everything in your life and people get confused when you explain it that way because they're like, no, look how I'm successful in everything else. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except alcohol or whatever the thing is, and I'm like, yeah, you're delusional. Uh, everybody has character defects. Everybody has self reliance at times. Everybody has different ways to self manifest, and it's usually when you can't see it. The best way to start is down at your personality traits, your personality quirks that are um, maybe some some things that people want to avoid. I can look back at that comment that my dad made about me at that Thanksgiving years ago. This is way before drugs. Mm. I, you know and i remember him saying that i had an abrasive personality that i was morally bankrupt and spiritually defective and that's why nobody liked me and no one no one wanted to be around me
0: mm. now
1: people may think that's horribly harsh and and mean but my dad was absolutely right
0: and he didn't even know
1: he didn't even know anything about the program he was being about, mean
0: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know how accurate he hit the nail on the
1: head it wasn't until years later after drug addiction after getting sober and working the 12 steps, writing inventory and seeing my unmanageability and seeing myself in a more accurate light that I realized he saw through all of it. He saw yeah. how defective I was. So when we look at self-reliance is you can try harder to keep a clean house. Yeah. You may make some improvement, okay? You may try harder to you know go to the gym and work out when you don't or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you can't self-will some human improvement, but you're mm-hmm. missing the mark here. You're missing the mark that ultimately self-reliance over a course of longevity will fail you and that you could actually improve way beyond what you can comprehend if you actually went the spiritual route for this improvement rather than the self-centered route for this improvement.
0: And if we look ahead, the entire 12 steps is to improve myself, I mean, to improve my God reliance and to remove my self-reliance.
1: Right. So there's a line in the literature that says a simple but not easy, a price has to be paid. It's the destruction of self-centeredness. And there's large chunks of our literature that talk about how self-reliance fails us. And we're not talking about just alcohol, although it fits there, too. A lot of people don't realize that in life, like look at the things that, okay, like vaping, right?
0: Yeah.
1: There was a time. So I- Last
0: night, you uh, went to sleep as soon as I came home. So uh, I came home. I guess you felt safe. I'm home. I get into bed. <laughs> you lay down, pull the covers up to your face. You close your eyes. And then I catch this light <laughs> out of the corner of my eyes. You had your vape. Under the covers with you, and you're <laughs> vaping in your sleep.
1: So that's unmanageable. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I can be honest. I can talk about myself. Here's the deal. Uh, I, was sick. I smoked cigarettes for 22 years. I actually asked God desperately to help me, and I decided to use a vape as a crutch for a little while, and then when I really was willing to ask God to help me, he did, and I was nicotine-free. No vape, no nothing. No gum, no patch, no nothing for a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I had a moment of insanity then due to happened? powerlessness, which is your fault, but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um, and that's so true. then, then the next thing I know, I'm smoking five black and mild wood tip a day.
0: Sup, son.
1: So I went back to vaping, and that was about three years ago. Yeah. So here's the truth: vaping is unmanageable for me. I suck at managing. Why?
0: Why do you put that on your unmanageable list? Is there a conviction that you should stop? There's a
1: slight conviction. Okay. Um, um, I maybe, like, skirt some work to go outside and vape or whatever, uh, you know? It, there's just things around vaping that convict me.
0: And one of the things that I want to talk about is the fact that... So there's three top defect sins in my life, and they've always been there. It's never been different. Number one is lust. Number two is I would say probably food and number three is money, but two and three are Mm interchangeable, right? I will go to those when I'm uncomfortable. And I was never able to manage them. So when I was going through this process, looking at how unmanageable my life was, I had to look back and be honest and say, you know what? I've had trouble with food since I was 12. Mm -hmm. I've had trouble with every relationship I've ever been in. I've had trouble with money my entire life. And I've There have been brief periods of Uh manageability when I've managed those things. But
1: you wind up with a bigger explosion than ever later. 100%. It's it's cyclical.
0: 100%. And
1: I can look at when your your history when you got sober. So when we removed alcohol, right, you turned to food. Mm -hmm. And then when you went through what you went through at two years sober and removed the food you turn to sex mm-hmm. right and so we can look at these patterns and shopping and shopping for sure you had a lot of credit card debt and so we're just taking a look at our lives trying to be honest about what patterns we see and what what we're in self-reliance about because we're trying to change the way we feel
0: and in humility taking an honest look at ourselves and saying i can't do this but i'm willing to become what god wants me to become don't go it, we'll be right back with relevant recovery radio Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio with your host, well, with your host, Donnie and his sidekick, Heather.
1: Hi. So, um, listen- you're, you're
0: the smart one today, by the way. Thank you. I'm just an idiot jokester. Uh,
1: so, uh, I titled this episode, I'm fine, you're fine, everything is fine.
0: It's all fine. It's all and, fine. And the but funny c- thing about that is you and I have both sponsored the same kind of- Well, I think we were all this way at some point in our sobriety, and that is you're like, you're a year or two in, and somebody's like, how are you? And like, Great. Everything's just great. And then you watch them. You watch them in their life, and it's not great.
1: Yeah, they're right? They have
0: unmanageabilities, but they're not...
1: But I think that that's a natural stage character that everybody, even subliminally, puts on, that they just want to be doing good. They don't want maybe attention, or they don't...
0: I was under the delusion that because Some I was sober... Really are. I was <laughs> under the delusion that because I was sober, life was supposed to be perfect. Yeah. I was supposed to be perfect. No issues. Everything was going to be great. And the truth and the reality is that it took me years two through four Mm -hmm. to really see it all.
1: So my sponsor always told me, Heather, don't become so recovered that you can't ask for help. Mm-hmm. But in other words, people in church a lot of times say it's okay to, to not be okay.
0: Right. It's okay to be broken. It's
1: okay to be honest about where you're at and what you're struggling with. And uh, so some people have the ability to take an honest look at themselves and see their own flaws or unmanageabilities and the things that they really want God's help with. Some people are way delusional and don't think they have any. And there's a whole gamut in between.
0: All right. So here's what I'm, I want you to do. Hmm. Uh, and let's split them. You do one. I'll do one. Mm-hmm. I want you to give me an unmanageability and how... You were able to allow God to manage it and what happened as a result. So, this is we should give some solution to this. What have we done to allow God to manage these things and what's the benefit for us? Go. Okay.
1: So, I can either do, uh, depends on what you want me to share on the radio. Do you mean to do promiscuity or housework?
0: Oh, you better
1: what, hurry up. We're on Whatever's most
0: impactful, go. Most I don't impactful. care. impactful. Yeah. The one that people are really going to learn from. I, let me we're just, pretty open. Let
1: me just do housework um, because. Any of our female listeners and our audience, or even male too, uh, they might struggle with this. And okay. so I just think more people will deal with that than the other. So anyways, so my whole prior life, um, I was not good at keeping up a house. And I just remember also buying a house at 19, having a baby at 21, had another baby at 24, and um, man... I, I I did projects. I would, like, take a toilet and retile and all this. But I can look back, and I was delusional. I had to really look back in time to see that my house was gross. I,
0: and when I met you and we moved in, you were like, oh, I'm, I can keep a house. I'm a house. But I thought then so. it was later. Your sister so, look, was like, but, oh, my God, no. We so can let never me it. So fast forward.
1: You're doing the timeline wrong. And Sorry. people are going to be like, what's going on here? Yeah. So back then, I thought I was great at keeping a house. I had no idea I was horrible at it. Okay. Fast forward to homelessness, drug addiction. Fast forward to sober living. And in sober living, you have chores. Mm. And um, while I was in and out and not staying sober, I couldn't do my chores. I couldn't follow the rules. And uh, something happened one day. And th- so this is over a period of like three different years mm-hmm. in sobriety where God changed me over this. Mm-hmm. I didn't decide to learn and become a better housekeeper, <laughs> right? Um, it was started early on in sober living where I changed the attitude of instead of having to make my bed for the manager, I chose to look at it as I'm doing it for God. Mm-hmm. And that I was just going to surrender to the authority God placed over me, which was the rules of the sober house. And so really, here's what changed. Every time I made my bed or cleaned the kitchen or washed the dishes or didn't steal the girl's shampoo in the shower or whatever, mm-hmm. like I was doing it for God because I desperately wanted to walk with and have a relationship with God. And so lo and behold, as time weeks went on, all of the chores became easy. And I didn't struggle to finish it well or on time anymore. It wasn't overwhelming. But fast forward to when I moved out with you, mm-hmm. and I was like, "No, I'm great at this." Well, what you've known is from day one of you and I living together. I've always made my bed as soon as I got up.
0: that's mm-hmm. yes, made do. at
1: home right now. That's something that carried like when over. When you're
0: out of town, it doesn't get made. It's really weird.
1: <laughs> but what didn't carry over was the whole house. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you and I first started living together, and the dishes felt overwhelming, and the all of the the bathroom deep clean, all this stuff, organization, because you leave things everywhere, bro crazy
0: i'm a man (laughs) so it's what we do you don't have to
1: be a slob about it but anyways um i didn't want to be your mama and clean up after you so how much is appropriate for me to do and how much is appropriate for me to just be your helpmate and do some for you all of it (laughs) anyways i i felt so overwhelmed i didn't even know the order of cleaning a house what i realized i was googling it i was trying to google a list of how Mm -hmm. to keep care take care of a home. Um, And I didn't know that it's top to bottom. And I laughed, you know, like dusting up top and floors are last. I didn't know any of this stuff. So that showed me big chunks of truth about old me that I thought I was a great housekeeper. I was not. And then my sister was like, no, bro, your house was disgusting. Okay. But today
0: you are, how'd you get there?
1: (laughs) And so I, it was really this journey of me asking God for help. Yeah. Um, And it was about an attitude of gratitude. And I don't mean words. I mean, I wash the dishes because I'm grateful I have them and I'm grateful I have water and I'm grateful I had food to put on them. Mm -hmm. That wasn't always the case. If I show gratitude by making my bed, I'm showing God I'm grateful for the things he's given me. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't take care of your space, that's due to an ungrateful attitude you know, which comes out through laziness. Yeah. And so it's very easy. I always say that your external environment is a reflection of your internal condition.
0: And today you're OCD about cleaning, so God is powerful. I mean,
1: the pendulum swung the other way, and I don't want anything on my <laughs> kitchen island, and you've had stuff there for like two weeks. It's driving me crazy.
0: Yeah, I cleaned them up this morning. Did you notice? <laughs> yes, I did. Thank okay, <laughs> so mine, the, the one I want to talk about, which is recent, is my, the way I treat you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started dating 2017, 2018, you know through the honeymoon of our relationship i treated you amazing um but sometime around
1: 2019 t- christmas
0: <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> sometime around like mid to late 2020 it started getting bad where you would say something or do something where i th- i felt you disrespect me i'd yell at you i'd curse at you that went all the way up through, I believe, back and forth until late 2022. And I just want
1: to specify that this wasn't even a every day or every week thing. No. It was just at times you're you were volatile to try to communicate with.
0: And I would scream. Uh-huh. I'd scream. I'd curse. I would. And do I things. don't right. usually.
1: Um, rarely have I lost it and yelled back. No. Sometimes
0: you. when we argue, I check your pulse.
1: <laughs> I just stay calm. It's...
0: Well, the thing is, you're part ginger, so you only have part of a soul, and so you don't. But when really I get lose mad. it, I lose it. But that's you whole... scare me. <laughs> Um, okay. It's so really anyways, rare. It really, in 2022, mid to late 2022, it, like God revealed, like made it real clear to me. I felt very convicted. Like, this is not how you treat your wife. And this is not how you're going to treat my daughter. Mm-hmm. That's really the feeling that I got. And so what did I do? The
1: feeling you got from God. From God. Yes. And so what did I do? Conviction is key. Conviction is key to change.
0: There's things that I can do and there's things that God... The first thing I had to recognize is that I was doing it. Mm -hmm. It had to be in my face. The second thing I had to recognize is what's my business and what's God's business.
1: That's the key to it. I want our listeners to please hear me. Our belief is that we don't just self-will change, that there is a mesh that happens of of things that God is expecting me to do and action he wants me to take so that that I can open the doors and the windows and invite his supernatural power to meet me there and execute real change.
0: Not a band-aid change, real change. What was going on at that time as I was very involved in in church, very involved in our 12-step fellowship, I'm self-sacrificing a lot of time. I think that was key. I I think if you want to make any change in life, you got to self-sacrifice. That's one. Two, I began praying about it every morning. I wrote a prayer and I began praying every morning about it. Like, God help me to treat her like your daughter, treat her like she deserves. Mm-hmm. Please help me pause before I react. Please give but that's me patience. The, key, the way you just
1: worded that, the credit to the change must go to God, not self.
0: But what was my footwork. And my footwork was, I don't know if you remember back then, but every time we would have an exchange.
1: You would come apologize.
0: I made amends to you immediately. Yeah. I would say, I did not have the right to treat you that way. And I'm sorry that I did that. And, and I'm probably going to be doing this a lot, but I have to. Yeah, I had to walk in that humility and say, I was wrong mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have done this.
1: And when you chose to act in that obedience and do that, that's when God's supernatural ability came in and gave you the power to stop doing that.
0: And we went, now, you know, on Friday, I had a little flare-up, right? I'm just being honest. (laughs) But prior to that, I don't know that I have. But
1: the spiritual life is not a theory. You have to live it and practice it. And like I always say, it's a dimmer switch. Sometimes we're more connected to God and the light's brighter. And sometimes we live in self-reliance and it gets dim and you don't even know it's fading away until things like that occur. And you're like, oh, crap, I got to get back on track in my spiritual walk.
0: But what I will say is the real realization is I'm doing it. The truth the honesty about myself but I'm willing to become what God wants me to become that is the definition of humility um, real and then change doing the happen. actions God steps in and does it so listen we really appreciate you checking us out today listening about unmanageabilities, I'm
1: fine you're fine everything is fine and don't forget those who stand for nothing will fall for anything
0: hashtag God though